0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the resting place, South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I think we're ready for word. <laughs> You're like, we're ready to go home. What are you talking about? <laughs> But the Lord gave me a word. And, and, uh, now you get double word. I get the spontaneous word and the prepared word. Excellence. <laughs> no, this is going to be good. And honestly, is this going to be reading a scripture? So, now let's be formal. <clears throat> so, the message that the Lord gave me today. <laughs> I, I can't even be serious for the sake of my life. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus saved me. He's like, I already did. <laughs> Turn that AC on. It's hot up in here. <laughs> it's just the joy, I'm telling you. So as the you began, let me be a little bit formal, guys. Let's let's try this formality stuff. <laughs> I'm drunk, sorry. <laughs> it just happens by itself. <laughs> so Anyways, as the years begun, right, 2023, the Lord spoke to me that night we were here on Christmas Eve. And the Lord spoke to me about excellence. 2023 is excellence. The Lord also showed me not just the year. The Lord showed me how challenging that word was going to be for people. So I know that word is like here. Like it just does something to people. But the Lord told me he wanted to heal that word for the church. Because the church has been traumatized. People have been traumatized with this word, excellence. And we have such a negative connotation of this beautiful word. And what God is trying to do is bring back the real meaning. I know some of you got traumatized as children because you just were not good enough. I know you were picked last in the team because you just weren't strong enough or you just didn't kick the ball hard enough or you just, you didn't hit home runs or maybe you didn't cheer right or maybe you just didn't play that instrument right. Thank you. And it's traumatized us. It's really hurt us. Maybe you got kicked out of a church because you didn't look like them, you didn't act like them, you didn't draft like them, you didn't speak in tongues like them, right? So it's traumatized you, and you feel like you're not excellent. It feels like maybe they told you you're not excellent enough. Or maybe you thought that it's this excellence is this competition or this superiority, and you could you have a humble heart, so you're never going to try to be better than anybody. But it's because you have a negative connotation of what this word is. So these last few weeks, and it's already in the podcast because I can't cover the messages because um, I have the word for today, but it's available at the podcast, at, at the resting place. Uh, podcast, just put the resting place. It'll pop up. And the, the two teachings are there. The first one was... A call to excellence. Listen to it. I promise I was listening to it, and it blessed me. Blessed me. And it's been healing things in my heart. And then last week it was uh, pursue the spirit of excellence. And again, it's just healing. And I want God to heal me because I'll be honest, even as a pastor, I never thought I was good enough. Because I was told in the past that I wasn't good enough. So I have carried this lie. If you're thinking you're not good enough, it's a lie. It's illegal in your life. And you have to get it out of your life. You're good at your food. You're good at cleaning. You're good at leading. You're good in your music. You're good at drums. Yes, you are. But because we don't accept that identity, we may, many of us might have been mediocre. And mediocre, I don't say it in a bad way. Like mediocrity, I'm not even using that in such a horrible connotation. For me, when I see the word mediocre, I am afraid to give my best because my best was not good enough. Maybe you dated somebody, maybe you were in a relationship, and they made you feel like you weren't good enough. So now you're so afraid to ever again be in a relationship. You are afraid to be part of a church again because you feel like you weren't good enough because you gave your best, and your best was not good enough, and that hurts. That hurts when you're giving the best and somebody else doesn't see that that was your best. That you weren't trying to compete. That you weren't trying to be superior. That you weren't trying to be better than anybody else. But that it it was so hard for you to even get to that place. Right? And God wants to heal that. Because I see you guys walking in glory. I have my leaders teaching me to walk in excellence. And in love. Right? And in, in maturing my gifts and to not be afraid. I used to think I could never share my God stories See how wild I am here? And I just kind of like could go up and down and all around in God's presence for years. Turn it down. That's the devil. That's this. And I'm like, and there was a dilemma because I could hear God. Stand up for yourself. No, because every time I stand up, they shame me. They humiliate me. They curse me from the altar. Like, you know, I knew I was experiencing God. I would raise prophets. Say what I told you to say. And I'm like, what? But they don't want me to. But God's like, then go somewhere else and say it. And that's how he led me to the streets. That's how he led me to the club. And even though churches, because of their religious system, didn't allow me to flow, God showed me another way. God showed me a more excellent way. And that's the title of today's preaching, a more excellent way. So yes, I gave you a call to excellence. Excellence in the dictionary means the state of quality of excelling or being exceptionally good. An action, characteristic, or feature in which a person excels. You can excel. And I'm not talking about a spreadsheet. I'm talking about you. You can move ahead. You can be the best at what you do. To excel is to be outstandingly good or proficient. And I've spoken about Genesis chapter 1. When God created everything, you got to go through it. When he created the heavens and the earth, and then he called it good. And he made the trees, and he made the bees, and he made the flowers, and he made the water, and he called it good. And he created every type of creature, and every type of bird, and every type of fish, and he called it good. And then God made you, and he called it very good. Very good. So when God looks at you, he's like, that's why the scripture calls you his masterpiece. The scripture calls you his poetry. The scripture calls you his song. Because it's good. And God is good. So everything God does is good. And there's this one thing he created that was very good. And that's you. So you deserve to be excellent. When you go before a king, you can call him my majesty. Right? You can also call him my excellency. And what do you think God calls you? My excellency. Not that he bows down to you, but he made you. And when he looks at you, he's like, oh, my excellency. Look, he puts you in display before the whole world. So this whole time, God's preparing you. This is the school to prepare you, to put you in display. And then this precious little person is going to stand before the nations, giving God glory. That's what he's doing. He's doing. See, so God is healing excellence because there's something greater, right? Excellence is not perfectionism. Excellence is not superiority. And excellence is not competition. In this world, you were taught that excellence was those things. (laughs) But I'm not perfect. I'm never going to get it perfect. I don't like competitions. So I'm not trying to be superior. I'm trying to be the best that I can, but they want me to be superior to somebody else. I was with my godchildren yesterday, and they were both drawing. And then they're like, which one's best? And I'm like, neither. They're both beautiful. I'm like, you both drew the same bird in different dimensions. This is your dimension, and that's how this bird looks in your dimension. And this is your dimension, and this is how it looks in your dimension. But we still have this mentality of like, which worship song was best? Was my preaching the best? Was my preaching good enough? Was my teaching good enough? It is good enough. Did you give your heart? The question is not how people perceive it. The question is your heart. Did you give your best? Because if you gave your best, God's delighted. Now, if you know you didn't give your best, then you should start stepping up in confidence, not in shame, in confidence to make it happen. Amen? Does this make sense to anybody? Is this is is this message worth it? Is this touching your heart? You could say no if you want to. But is it challenging you to, to face things that maybe you're afraid of? To maybe face things that need to be broken off. Maybe you're carrying stuff that your parents told you, your first grade teacher told you, you're fifty. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. No, it's serious. And I'm not joking. I have carried trauma from teachers. I carry pain from people in my past. And what God is saying, like for real, it's not sarcastic. It might sound sarcastic, but I'm not being sarcastic. I'm saying for real, let it go. Let it go. It's holding you back because you're still hearing that voice telling you, you're never going to amount to nothing. You're going to be like that lady that was homeless. You're going to be like a cousin, the drug addict. Anybody ever got that one growing up? I got that. You're going to grow up and be nothing in this world. I got that. But then Jesus comes along, and he says, I'm about to do great things with you. I was a kid in the club smoking, thought I had HIV. I go to church. A prophet comes and says, you will be a pastor. What? I just stepped into church. What are you talking about? Oh, there'll be you're going to be a pastor that nobody's ever seen before. The destiny. He was like, destiny, destiny, destiny. Purpose. I was this broken kid on the altar. You remember being broken at the altar? Anybody remember? Getting to the altar broken, and then God comes with a crazy word. (laughs) You're like, this is confusing. It wasn't, now I look at it, I was like, oh, my God, he was being honest. (laughs) I thought God was playing with my feelings. Like, yeah, you're a sinner, so I'm going to lie to you, that I'm going to have a purpose with you, and then you're going to fail. That's what I was thinking God was doing to me all those years ago. God doesn't love me. Why would God tell me? You ever remember being so broken? You're like, why would God tell me that I'm going to profit? I don't even know how to prophesy. Like, you think you're a prophet at that moment. God's telling you your destiny. God's not even telling you, oh, I'm going to heal you. Like, God didn't tell me. In 1998, God didn't tell me, oh, in in July 29 of 2001, I'm going to grab you by the neck and throw you up to heaven. He never told me that. He just said, oh, he he saw me here, and he told me who I was here. But he didn't tell me what he was going to do here, you know. He just said, oh, you're my prophet. You're my pastor. I'm like, no, I'm everything everybody said. It doesn't make sense. Why would God tell me that? Why would God say I'm a pastor? I'm not even a pastor. I just got to church. Why am I a pastor? Right? It's confusing. And it's because he's talking to your ending, but you're listening to it in your beginning. Boom, chakalaka. that's deep. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's talking to you in this ear, and yet you hear here. You're like, what? And then July 29, he grabbed me by the neck, flung me up to the glory. I'm like, I'm in glory. People in church thought I was nuts. I'm like, all of you, change your clothes. How did you do that? Why are you dressed this way? They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, look at you, and look at you, look at you. I didn't know. I was a prophet. I didn't even know it. I thought prophet was a title because that's what they taught me. I thought pastor was a title. It was a condition. When he takes you up and you see heaven, you're a prophet, promise. You're like, oh, I'm going to tell the world something that is so ridiculous and yet so good. And people started going, oh, shit, Everybody in church is going crazy. And I'm like, grass, don't you see the grass? Don't you see the wind? Don't you see the waterfall? And they're like, what is he seeing? But it's awesome what he's saying. And then 10 years later, January 7, 2011, still broken, still going through stuff he said brings me, pulls me out of time into eternity, hugs me, tells me how much he loves me, tells me, shows me earth. He says, now you're going to preach. But here he didn't tell me that. There's something God told you here, but he didn't give you the fullness of the details. Here, in your beginning, God only told you your end. That's all he told you. And now he's walking with you through the story. And you're going to have encounters that maybe I won't understand. And it's okay. Write them down. God will bring the right people. I'm going to try to understand. Hey, I'm crazy. But what I'm trying to get to is that He knows something you don't, something you don't even imagine. And He's good. He's excellent. It's just heaven clapping. their standing ovation. Like, yes, yes, yes. He's finally got it. Look at him. <laughs> I'm really unreal. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I'm telling you. You guys are shocked. They're like, yes, he's speaking the truth, people. Yo, you down there, listen. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> happening. I know you think it's the leaves falling from the trees. <laughs> Anyways, God is great. I get drunk. I can't help it. It's better to preach drunk, because then you just say it all. And in the biblical meaning, and when you look at the strong conc- concordance, it says distinguished. You are distinguished. You are set apart. You know I'm speaking. If you know Bible, you know I'm speaking to you through scriptures. You have been set apart. You were in darkness, and he's brought you out into marvelous light. But he knew who you always were. The enemy bound you. The enemy human trafficked you, enslaved you. So you wouldn't know who you were, but you were of the kingdom the whole time. You got deceived. You were made a slave like a little child that's human trafficked. They come from a beautiful home. They have loving parents. You know those kids that are human trafficked? They might think their father and mother gave up on that. They're going through situations. they might feel like their mom and dad are crazy looking for them. But because they're somewhere else and can't be found, they feel like mom and dad gave up on them. And those people are lying to them. They say, your parents don't love you. They're not looking for you. They're being abused. They're being raped. They're being mistreated. But there's still a father looking for them. There's still a father desperately seeking because a real father, a real mother will never stop seeking. So let me tell you, God hasn't stopped seeking. He's the good father. He's the good shepherd. He'll, if he knows that his other 99 kids are home, fine. You're home. You're safe. I got to go look for my son. I got to go look for my daughter. That's who he has. He's excellent at being good. He's amazing at being good. And he came from glory into time. He came from spirit into temporal, physical realm. God loves us so much that he didn't get in a plane. He didn't go down the street looking for his kid. He went from one dimension into another dimension looking for his children. This is profound. Pays the price, dies for us. Because when a slave is a slave, then you got to pay some money. You got to pay, right, to get the slave. And Jesus says, I'm lame with my life to get those slaves because they're not slaves. Those are royalty. Those are kings and queens you try to enslave. We were lied to that we're peasants. We were lied to that we're broken. We were lied to that we're sinners and not good enough. And now God is saying, excellency. There is a more excellent way. And it's his way. Valuable. You're valuable. A product of fruit. You are a product of love. You are a product of faith. You are a product of hope. You are a product of joy. You are a product of peace. You are a product of goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and kindness. That's who you are. You are pleasant. You are precious fruit. You're honorable. That's why we want to honor surpassing and most noble. You surpass. You overcome. The scripture says it. You can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you. You are more than an overcomer. You are surpassing. You are going over and beyond. You are excellent. So now we'll go through scripture real quick. And I'm going to fly through the scripture. I'm going to stand here to read it. So first, I'm going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to jump around in some verses. But when you have a chance, read all the verses. Go home and study your Bible, people. Read the Word. The Word is your sword. Faith is your shield. Put on your armor. I could teach you, but I can't fight every battle for you. I got to teach you, get into that Word. Because what you're going to pray is the Word. You want to rebuke a demon? You're going to need word. You want to overcome, sing the word. Learn this and then make up a song with it. Sing the word. That's the best way. You want to read me. I have a difficulty memorizing scripture. Sing it. Sing it. Sing it. (laughs) Sing it. Look, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. It's for the good of each other if you start looking at stop looking at excellence as competition no i'm gonna give my best because it's for your good see the difference i'm gonna get the best grades because i'm gonna encourage i'm gonna become a teacher and one day i'm gonna encourage kids to give their best grades i'm gonna promise a pastor i'm gonna pray i'm gonna get good at praying because i'm gonna raise up a people that pray see the difference it's like, oh i'm I pray, I'm just the best at praying. I'm better than Billy Graham at praying. I'm better than Benny Hinn at praying. No, no, no. Your heart is wrong. Your heart is wrong. You're doing it for competition. You're doing it for superiority. You're doing it for perfectionism to be looked upon. But glory does not belong to you. Glory belongs to the King of kings and Lord of lords. All glory, all honor and praise to him. Now when you do it for his glory, When you do it for his majesty, when you do it for his excellency, then I'm telling you, lives are being transformed. No longer about you, but for the common good of everybody. Come on. on. I think this is a good word. I think this is doing something in some hearts. I see leaders arising. I see ministers going, you know what? I feel like I've been holding back too long, too long, too long. And now it's time that I take some action. That's what I see happening right now. For the four to one is given through the spirit of utterance of wisdom. And to another, the utterance of knowledge. You see, so it's not, I'm the best at everything. It's not a competition. No. If he gave you the gift of speaking wisdom, then become the best at speaking wisdom. If he gave you the spirit of knowledge, then be the best for you, not for others. I'm not gonna, I'm the best of the knowledge speakers. No, I'm gonna be the best for God. There's no competition because he has different ones doing different things according to the same spirit. To another, the gift of faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing by the one spirit. And I'm not trying to compare God to Santa Claus, but right now this is how I see it. So I'm just going to say it. No disrespect to the Lord. You know that. But it's almost like Santa with his big bag, right? And he's just giving a gift. Do the kids get the same gift? No, every kid gets a different gift. If you're good, you have to be good, you get a gift, right? God gives everybody gifts. But only those that are good are gonna understand the gift and use the gift for the common good, right? So God gives every kid a gift. Is the toy just for you to play by yourself? No. Toys are to be shared. Like, hey, I play with your toys, I play with my toys. And then you all come together and you play, right? Not saying that the gifts of the Spirit are toys. I'm not calling the Lord Santa Claus. I'm just using the depiction, because that's how I see it. I see Jesus, let's say jolly old Saint Nick coming and giving gifts and then the kids come together and they share they come together everybody has a gift but they come together everybody has a talent but they come together and through the talents we minister some can sing some can pray some can heal some can encourage but what would that look like if we all come together for there is a more excellent way right another gifts of healing by the by the one spirit To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, which is discernment. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. He goes around. He gives everybody a superpower, right? And a superpower is not to control others. It's not to fight against one another. It's to join as a team. And there's going to be different needs and different occasions. And depending on the situation, then that need can be met because there's somebody in that team that offers that, right? Like when you look at a baseball team, is everybody the pitcher in a baseball team? Right? Is everybody the batter in the baseball team? No. Is everybody the first baseman in the team? No. You need one of each or maybe two of each, right? In case one gets injured and there's a replacement, Right? So we develop, and you might be able to develop your gift not in just one. You might be a pitcher, but then if they need you, you might be the catcher. So you could move around because you're developing your gifts for the common good because there is a more excellent way. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So don't compare. I don't pray like Elian. I don't sing like Heather, I don't play the drums like Ralphie. No. His will gave you a gift. And instead of being upset because you didn't get that toy, you're missing the fact that you also been given a gift. You also been given a toy to share. So get your eyes off them and fix your eyes on the gift giver. And realize that he knows you better than you know yourself. That he gave you something special to share and help others. For just as one body is one as many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, you're not all fingers, you're not all kidneys, you're not all heart. We would look really scary if we if we were just heart. Your eyes are heart, your nose is heart, your mouth is heart, your ears are heart, your kidneys are heart, your liver is heart. Your blood cells are heart. Or your eyes. Your nose is eyes. Your ears are eyes. Everything's eyes. Then how will you communicate? How will you speak if you don't have a mouth? How will you smell if you don't have a nose? How will your heart beat if you don't have a heart? So what God is saying is we're one body. We're all different. We don't need to compete because the kidney's not competing with the, uh, um, with the heart. The, the knees, the left knee's not fighting with the right knee. The toes are not fighting with the fingers. The hairs on your head are not fighting with the hairs on your ankles. If you have hairs on your ankles, I don't know. I don't want to know, but but I'm just saying, right? Your body's not competing against it. That's called auto uh, auto autoimmune deficiency when your body's fighting against each other. You don't want the body fighting against the body. The devil can't touch us. He's making us feel like we're enemies, but there is a better, more excellent way. Amen? We could keep going. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as He chose. Who chose? He chose. Stop telling God what to do. Stop telling God how it needs to look like and be like what God called you to be like. The thing is hard for us to accept our gifting, our talents, our calling, accept it, own it, and walk in it. Even the challenges, walk them through, walk through them. If we were all a single member, where would the body be? And God has appointed in the church, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, in various kinds of tongues. And we're not getting into this. I'm just reading through it so you could see all the different roles in the body. Are all apostles? Are all eyes? Are all kidneys? No. Are all fingers? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. For too long, especially coming from the Pentecostal movement, speaking in tongues is the evidence having the Holy Spirit. So all these people are like, oh broken. I, I, I was talking to a lady. She like, I've been in church all these years. I don't speak in tongues. What? I'm like, calm down. its It doesn't say that. It, it does, no. You might sing the tongues. You might write the tongues. You. I don't know. It's going to look different for too long. We kept thinking we have to look the same. We're one body with different parts. We're one team with different members. Do all interpret? No. Do all Okay. And then, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So he's speaking about these gifts that are used on earth. And then he says, but earnestly desire higher gifts. What are the higher gifts? People say prophecy is the higher gift. There's a higher gift. There's a higher gift. And he says, and I will show you still. If you desire the higher gifts, desire them. Don't desire what your brother has. Desire with God. Dream with God. Ask God stuff. God decides if it's his will for you to have it or not. You could ask, right? But look what he says. And I will show you a still. There's still. Even above gifts. Even above prophecy. Even above tongues. Even of miracles, signs, wonders. Even above all of that. There is still a more excellent way, right? The chapter ends there. I need you to learn something. When the book of Corinthians was written, it was not called a book, first of all. It was a letter. And all those chapters were one big letter. Man decided to divide it. Man decided to put numbers on it. Man gave it chapters. But Paul didn't go chapter 13, chapter... Do you do that when you write a letter to a friend? No. You write a letter. Man did this years later in order to study the word, in order for people to learn the word, right? But in reality, it continues. I put it there. But the reality is this is still the same letter. So he says, but I will show you, and I will show you. Some other translation says, but I will. Desire the gifts. Desire the calling. Desire the ministry. Desire the miracle. Desire these things. But, or ah, and I will still show you. He's still going to show you something greater. There's something more. Beyond the gifts, beyond the shouting, beyond the feelings, there's something greater. And that's when it goes, if I speak, he was telling you to desire the tongues. Some have the gift of tongues. If you're going to desire something, desire love. Don't get impressed with gifts. Don't get impressed with talents. If you are going to want something, if you're going to love a man of God, if you're going to admire a man of God, admire them because of the love. Don't get caught up with the nice clothes. Don't get caught up with the nice jacket. Don't get caught up with the mantle. Don't get caught up with the anointing. Don't get caught up because they know how to interpret every language. Don't get caught up because they got the, the nice watch, the nice card. Don't get caught up with none of that. There is still a more excellent way, and it's love. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have no love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So the very thing he is telling you, some have this gifts. If you're going to desire, hey, you want to desire tongues. Desire tongues. But let me tell you a better way. If you don't love, it doesn't matter how many tongues you speak. It's noise. That's what he's saying. It's noise if you don't love. We could go to the next one. And if I have prophetic powers, he spoke about the powers just a few verses ago, and understand all the mysteries. He spoke about the gift of wisdom. He spoke about the gift of knowledge. Oh my God, if I could just know the mysteries. You know that a gift with a, a gift without love is dangerous? A gift that God gave you without love becomes a weapon? And God gave you a weapon to fight the devil, not to fight your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're using the gift of prophecy to shame your brother, you done messed up. If you're using it for pride, if you're using it for competition, because I'm the best at what I do, I'm the best at giving prophecy, I'm the best at releasing knowledge, you done messed up. Because you needed love first. You need love first. Before the gifts. be like, God, give me love. Lord, before I sing, before I become proficient, before I flow, give me the more excellent way. And as I learn the more excellent way, I will manifest excellent on earth. I need the more excellent, which is love. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so too as remove mountains, but have no love. To remove mountains, Jesus says, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, and you look at the mountain, and you command the mountain to move, he says the mountain will get up and jump into the water and it will move. He says, but beyond that faith. Beyond that power do you love. Because it's nothing. You'll be impressed with it, but God's like, man, you got it wrong. I gave you that faith to pour out faith in people's hearts through love. I did give you the gift of miracles to heal the ones that are hurting. Yes, I gave you the finances to help those that are poor. I gave you the wisdom to those that are walking in foolishness and ignorance. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned, you could be a sacrifice. But the word of God says that obedience is greater than sacrifice. But I have no love. I gain nothing. Love is patient. And love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. You see, because it's not competition. So you don't have to boast. He who boasts is because he's competing with something. He who envies is competing with something. You're envious because you don't think you're good enough. And you boast because you think you're the best. And nobody else is like you. It's right there, competition and perfectionism. You boast because you think you're perfect. And you envy because you're just not good enough. But you look at them and you wish you could be. You feel like you can't have what they have. But let me tell you, it's already available to you. He has your gift. But beyond the gift, there's a more excellent way. I don't think I've ever emphasized the title of a message like today. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It's not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Does not rejoice with wrongdoing. A lot of people don't get this. Love confronts. Love corrects because God loves us, he corrects us. Because people could take this thing and flip it like this. No, if I let you do whatever you want, I'm rejoicing with your wrongdoing. That's what I'm doing. If I stay quiet knowing that you're messing up, especially as a pastor, uh, I'm rejoicing with your wrongdoing. And I have to bring correction because that's why I was ordained for. When I was ordained, there was a word that Caleb gave me in front of the whole congregation. He says, tend to the sheep, fight off the wolves. And I always hear that in my head. Tend to the sheep, fight off the wolves. And people are not wolves. When I speak of wolves, I'm speaking about those evil spirits that are trying to come in here, trying to come into your lives. Insecurities a wolves, uncertainty, sin, lies, deceit, wolves in your life, trying to steal what God's prepared for you. Love bears all things, believes all things, and, 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 and believes all things from God. Because love doesn't believe the lie. Love believes the truth. What? Well, because people are going to read it in their own way. Well, it believes all things. So. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Believes the truth. That's why you got to get into scripture. That's why you got to learn the word of God. That's why you got to stay with Jesus for he is the truth. So it's not, it's believing all the things Jesus tells you. It's believing the truth of his word because the enemy's going to manipulate. Hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, what he's saying here, as for the gifts, one day there's, when we get to heaven, and people read this a little bit wrong. So a lot of people read this in earth. So they say, oh, no more miracles on earth. No more speaking tongues that already passed, right? Because the apostle wrote that so they feel like, oh, that stopped from when he wrote it. No. The man was in the glory. The man was in eternity, seeing the eternal, speaking of love from the eternal realm to us. And he's letting us know, one day, love never ends. Because this life ends. And one day, we all leaving. I don't know if you like this idea. But the fact is, we all going to pass away into eternity. And you will see that love was on earth with you. And from age to age to age, love will never end. And you will walk in love. Because Jesus is love, the Father is love, God is love, right? Prophecies, when you leave earth, right, let's say this rug is earth, is time. The moment you leave earth and you step into eternity, prophecy no longer exists. Because prophecy was what they saw there. So the prophets came here, they saw something, and they came here, and they start telling everybody here what they saw there, right? that's a prophecy but when the prophecy when you enter eternity prophecy manifested everything you were talking about that was coming now came it's like you're in an airplane i'm going to honduras i don't know i keep repeating honduras the second time but i'm going to honduras right but when you get to honduras are you going to say i'm going to honduras no you were speaking of what was coming but the moment you enter honduras i'm in honduras Heaven is coming. Jesus is coming. The kingdom is coming. This is what God said. But then when it comes, prophecy stops because it already happened. Now for the people here in the bubble of time and physical realm, they're still waiting for the prophecy to manifest, right? So what he's telling us, when you enter eternity, when you enter that place, prophecy will cease. Speaking in tongues will cease. Interpretation will cease. Because it's on earth that we use this gift because we're all different, so we're trying to read each other. But in eternity, it is finished. It is done. We did a race. We won, right? So say, as for tongues, they will cease. Because we all want to speak the same language. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Because it was just here. We're studying something. But what do you call this? This is knowledge in books. But what do you call when you enter it? See, faith is the evidence of things not seen. But what do you call it when you enter and see? It's no longer faith. It's something else, but we don't know what it's called yet. But when we enter, we're going to be like, oh, this is what faith is called now. It's transformed. Like, you're going to be transformed. All these things are going to be transformed. Amen? For we, now, for we know in part, now we're here, we only know in part. And we prophesy in part. Say it with me. We prophesy in part. Say it. We prophesy in part. You know how many people think they're prophesying the fullness? No, the scripture does not. Every single one of us is only prophesying a part. As much as craziness that I prophesy and jump and describe, I'm only prophesying a part. So don't get all caught up with just what I said. Envision and dream. There's more. It doesn't end. What I'm telling you, it's only starting where I'm telling you. I haven't even seen what it looks like a million years from now. I can't handle it. It will be too much. For then, for when the perfect comes, look, that's perfect. This is partial. This is eternal. This is temporal. For when perfect comes, partial passes away. And now you are in perfection. See, you don't need to try to be perfect here. He didn't call you to be perfect. He says, perfect love. Cast Look, when you enter eternity, fear will never enter with you. When you enter eternity, it's going to be like, oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm going to die. Right? And it's going to be like, ooh, free. Fear is casted out. These lusts, gluttony, hate, bitterness. The Bible says if you go to the book of Revelation, as much as they want to enter the, the city of God, They can enter, they have no access. Only the children will enter we've taken that scripture, and we've accused people to be sinners, and this and that, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. No, that spirit you got won't enter the kingdom of heaven, but I decree and declare that the good work the Lord started in you. He is faithful to complete it. I declare the Lord will heal you, transform you, and I declare he's going to save you by the blood of the Lamb, and you will enter. The demon of fear, the demon of lust, the demon of perversion will get off of you in the name of Jesus, but you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord, I'm telling you, you in this room, you will enter the kingdom of heaven. Because I'm praying for you. I'm decreeing and declaring now what I feel. God showed me something about you. And I'm going to decree and declare it until you enter eternity. Jesus himself is in eternity still praying for you. He's sitting on his throne praying for you. You think nobody's praying for you. You think nobody loves you. But there is a more excellent way. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he is interceding for you. And he sent a friend from the kingdom. He sent a friend into this realm. To meet you, he said, it's a benefit that I leave for I will send you my friend and he will comfort you when you're crying. He will lead you to all truth when you're walking in a lie. When you are broken, he will heal you. He will make your cup overflow when you feel like you're dry as a desert. There is a Holy Spirit working in you. Whether you feel it or not, whether you're speaking in tongues or not, there is a Holy Spirit and he is a faithful friend and he is doing a work in you that you yourself do not understand even when you feel like you can't pray. He is crying out his will within you. Those tears that you cry. Are the unspoken words of the Spirit, you might not hear a sound on earth, but let's see your tears enter eternity, and you'll see the message that your prayers and tears are carrying. You might feel like you're not eloquent with your words, but the Holy Spirit, he's praying in and through you with wordless sighs, with moans and groans that you don't understand, because there is a more excellent way. There is a precious way. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. When I was here, I spoke in my ignorance. But when I stepped over, and I entered the realm of God, and I just took a glimpse, and I saw I was a man. Not just a child of God. I'm a man of God. You're not just a child of God. You're a woman of God. Stick your face through the veil of eternity and find out who you really are. I thought as a child, can we go back, it's okay, I love you. Thank you for the excellent job that you're doing. Thought like a child, I reason like a child. That's where we're at. I'm not good enough. I don't think I can make it. I don't understand why I go through what I go through, but I'm telling you, soon we'll step over and, whoa I'm powerful I'm loved I'm beautiful that's who you are when I became a man I gave up the childish ways and again this is not changing the connotation because you're a child of God when you go there you're just this child experiencing it's just the childish things of this world of the enemy we're all done the next one I think we're doing is the last for now we see in a mirror dimly as a foggy mirror the translation says foggy now we look through a foggy mirror you ever try to look through a foggy mirror you just can't see clearly but it's okay because you're going through the veil and then you'll see who you are see for now i know in part Was well, he dimly? but then face to face now we're we're envisioning through the eyes of the spirit jesus right and then you wake up, you had a glory dream, but then it feels so distant because when you wake up, it's the foggy mirror. But when in the present, we're like face to face. But then we wake up, it's so distant. But there's a day coming where it's going to just be face to face. Like, think of that moment right now. Like, just take a moment and be like face to face. You're going to see Jesus face to face. You're going to put your forehead against his forehead. Feel his breath on your face. You're going to look in his eyes. He's gonna kiss your face and say, Welcome home. It'll be, we're gonna see it. Like, guys, I know it's by faith now. It's by faith now. But the day's coming where it's gonna be face to face. All this will pass away, and then we're gonna be like face to face. Find hope in that. Face to face? Like, really? Like, I read about him all these years. I was praying to him. I think I felt him. I spelled some shaking. I spoke some tongues. I saw some miracles. But but now it's about to be face to face. Like, think of that moment. Dream of that moment. Hope of that moment because that is the more excellent way. That is it. That we go through what we go through. But the moment we leave, face to face. What is that? What is that? I want you to think about. I mean, if you remember something today, think face to face. Face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully. You ever think about the day you'll know fully? Like you 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 talk about his embrace, like I felt him. I feel like I, I feel like I I felt him and I felt like I, I dreamt with him and I feel like I had this vision. But the day's coming when it's gonna be fully. It's gonna be fully. To be held fully, to see scripture fully, to walk in kingdom fully, it's coming. It's drawing near, guys. It's drawing near. And people are popping in there. I'm telling you, people are leaving. If you don't pay attention to what's been happening these last few years, I don't know what you're looking at. I really believe, and this is my own thing. I'm not making it a theology. I think we are in the middle of rapture. We're like right in the middle of it. And he's like, one by one. Ooh, ready. Ready, 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 ready. And we're like, oh, they're dying. They're like, no, we're not. We're living. We're face to face. They're looking at us like, why are they so scared? They're like, and, he's like, and then we're just going to be like, woo, yes. What? I was just scared. <laughs> it's gone. You're not even going to know what scared is. You're not going to know what fear is no more. It's going to be like, fear? awestruck struck wonder. Everything's going to just be the, the godly version of everything. You know what that is? I can't wait. Hallelujah. Then I will fully know. Look. Read this. Look. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. You're fully known and you don't know it. They're all looking at you from the mirror, right? And they see the reality of you. They see the preciousness of you, but you don't see it. But when you go in, you're going to be like, oh, my God, no way. I'm this precious. Look what the Lord has done. That's what you're going to sing. I'm telling you, we all going to, I promise you, you're going to be like, Abraham, look what the Lord has done. You're all going to run to each other. Look, Jeremy, look, this is what he did. This was the fire. This was the pain. Look what the tears did. All the times they broke my heart, but look how precious I look. Look at you. We're going to see each other for who we really are. We're going to know just like we are fully now. Sometimes we prophesy to each other. I've been going through challenges this week, and people are telling me, oh, you were so gracious, and you were so kind, and you know what? I couldn't believe it for myself. Everybody's telling me, oh, you did a good job, Abraham. I feel like I failed. Has ever happened to you? Everybody's telling you how good you did, but for some reason, you just still don't fully know. We could see glory in everybody, but somehow it's so hard to see the glory in us. But the day's coming. The more perfect way, more excellent way, fully known, even as I've been fully known. You will know just like you've been known. So now, now, faith, <sighs> hope. I'm believing that, I'm believing that what's waiting for me is worth it. I'm believing it's worth it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, God. I'm hoping I overcome I'm hoping I make it. Oh, God, I love you. I love you, God. You ever pray like that? Like, I feel like I'm going to give up. I feel like I'm not going to make it. I feel like if I go through another trial, I'm just going to quit. But, God, I'm hoping, I'm having faith. But the day's coming where it will just stop. And when you go through it, it's like love. Love was the strongest of them all. Love. You could come up, Heather. Love is the strongest, the greatest. You want to know the more excellent way? Love. That's it. That whatever we do, we do in love. That we we give our best. But that we will give our best because we love. Because he first loved us. Because yet while I was a sinner, he loved me. He loved me first, and now I get to love him second. Because he loved me, now I love. Because he loved me, I encourage you. Because he loved me, I want to bring you hope. Because he loved me, I want you to be excellent. I know that these last few weeks have been challenging with this excellent, excellent, but it was to bring it to this point, love. Will you give God your best because he loves you? Will you stop running away from your calling because he loves you? Will you stop being intimidated by others? Because he loves you. And because he doesn't need you to look at them. He needs you to just give your best. And I'm telling you that this is the more excellent way. Amen? Amen. We can stand. I know I carried this through, but I had to. Woo. If you just raise your hands with me. And I'm not even going to call anybody up. If you need prayer, you could come up. But even right there at your seat. You know. You know the things that have held you back your whole life. You know the insecurities. You know the pains. You know the lies. You know the limitations you feel like you've carried. And it's, it's, you know if something if nothing's ever holding you back, man, come talk to me and help me. But if you know there's things that have held you back, maybe it could be a physical limitation a mental one, maybe it's finances, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's your past, your sin, your struggle, maybe, I don't know what it is, you know what it is, I I want you to give it to the Lord, you've given your life to Jesus, but can you give him that imperfection, can you give him that weakness, and say, Lord, can you, will you make, because he can, so I'm going to say, will you make something with this, will you make this a more excellent, Will you teach me to be the best me? I don't want to be the be- better than anybody else. But can I learn to be the best me that you created? I want to be the me you created. I want to manifest the me in heaven. I'm going to bring the me in heaven to earth. And I want to walk in that authority. I want to walk in that love. I want to walk in that wholeness. So Father God, thank you. Thank you that you're excellent. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're molding us. Thank you that you're bringing us to a place that we've never known or imagined. Thank you. Thank you that you're perfecting your will in our lives. Thank you that you are author and finisher. in this good work you started in us, you are faithful to complete it. We pray for the people in this house. And we declare a season of overcoming. A season of stepping over the limitations that they had. I see the Lord walking, knocking walls down that held you. And I declare that you will not be held back. But that you're going to step into something you never thought. You're going to experience this fullness of God now. You're not going to die to feel the fullness. You're going to experience the fullness of God on earth. In Jesus' name, I pray for you this week. I pray for dreams and encounters. I pray for angel activations upon your house. I pray for angelic glory encounters in your dreams. I pray for miracle signs and wonders that when you go to work, that your shadow will heal somebody. That your smile will transform somebody's life. That your words, that you speak, people will hear God speak through you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but God has given you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. That this week you will release a song that you've never sung. That this week you will release prophetic visions like you've never have. That this week you will experience something you've never ever seen before. And that it will only be the beginning. Simply the beginning of what Abba Daddy has for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. And may the Lord give you peace. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.